You are listening to the Holocron on the Let's Get Ready Network. On this network, we talk about the movie trivia showdown, the first class league, sports, Star Wars, movies, TV, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR network. And please leave a rating and review of this episode. Enjoy the show.
a long time ago in a galaxy far away welcome to the holocron with your host the door and her apprentice justin hamilton Now, let's get ready to talk Star Wars. What's up? Hello, hello. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for watching. Let's get ready. Um, presents the Holocron. We're excited. This is our fourth episode, man. Yeah, it feels like we just we just started it. Fourth episode, then we had our uh, like free phone, which is uh, was the third one that we had a lot of fun with. A lot of people yeah, sent questions that, in for that one. Yeah, yeah, I literally got a message about it today, and they were like, "That was hilarious," and in including our buddy Kevin, who was like, "I love your answers for the Mary Mary Fuck Kill." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Smet said he would never forget uh, what I said about Chewbacca in that episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what you said, uh, yeah, I, I have no words. I really don't. I mean, but it's the truth. I don't. I, I have not. I have not seen any comment to where people would argue with what I said. Not I mean, one. No, no. That that I think that episode <laughs> has has probably been my favorite, and I can't wait to do it again. Um, to have like someone come in and just like not just us and just feed off each other about talking about Star Wars, which is something we always love to do. That's um, it. So how you, have you been doing, Justin? I've been doing all right, except for uh, this morning. I had yeah. something happen. Uh, yeah. Uh, half the people in this chat like heard a rant that will probably uh, be remembered for a long time to come, I would guess. <laughs> <laughs> like well, Cheryl was in there. Uh, some of these other oh, cats. Oh, was that in voice chat? Yeah, it was in voice chat. Yeah, Cat I was I wasn't in there. Kaluka Gala, he heard some of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we always start off the show by asking a question. And the question for today is, what is your favorite cameo in Star Wars? And I'll start it off with, I will say, um, the cameo in The Rise of Skywalker by John Williams. Because it was like, his cameo was all about him even though it was like a split second and by like everything around him from behind the scenes stuff and and all of that you see like the 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 book or or whatever thing that he had in front of him was like his letters and then like little easter eggs about like his previous movies that he's done and i thought that was just a beautiful moment that made me tear up when i was watching behind the scenes stuff hmm because Star Wars is not Star Wars without John Williams. I feel like if anyone else like um, did the score for Star Wars, it would be completely it, it would be a completely different story. Yeah, probably would be. I mean, everybody that dude's just amazing. Like, I mean, it's not just Star Wars. That guy, John Williams. Yeah, I mean, he's made some like, of the best things you ever seen. My childhood. Like, Jaws, Superman. Yeah. Star uh, Wars. Um, e. Jurassic Park. Yeah. I mean, the guy's done uh, almost there. All some of my favorite movies or franchises have all been done by the man, the man John Williams. That dude is amazing. I don't think ever anybody will ever surpass him. I mean, I think there are some talented no. composers yeah, out sure. there that, that set for some sure. stuff up and, and do a very good job, no doubt. But I don't think mm -hmm. anybody will ever get to uh, the John Williams level. Yeah, I was watching um, a documentary about um, composing for music throughout the years. And then when they got to John Williams, they, I, th I think they said that's uh, something along the lines is of like every composer that came after him takes a cue from him. Right. Yeah. And I thought that was like, that, that, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm in like a, in a teary mood. So when I was watching that, I was like, that's really sweet. Cause he, he literally, he like scored my childhood and probably childhoods of a lot of people, but they don't notice it if they don't really pay, pay attention to the scores. So what's your um, favorite cameo in Star Wars? 
it's I've got actually two and they're they're both kind of like different and going to be weird. I'm going to have one uh, is a cameo, but it's only voice talent alone. And that is Mark Hamill doing the I voice knew, for Bane. Mark Hamill doing the voice for Darth Bane in the uh, yeah. Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah. But now as far as movie goes, I really loved in Solo the cameo by Warwick Davis playing his character that he portrayed in uh, episode one, The Phantom Menace, where he's si uh, sitting next to like Bubba Fett. Or not Bubba Fett, he's sitting next to Jabba the Hutt. And, Jabba, yeah. Yeah, and he's, he, he's uh, sitting next to him while they're doing the gambling for the races and watching the pod race. Uh, yeah. But that character is like an arms dealer, and he shows up as part of the the group uh, when on solo at the very end of the show, you know, he's, he's, he's there. And that's just amazing uh, to me to have that character show up in another movie. It's one of the reasons, and we'll talk about a little bit of this in the news, but like, it's one of the reasons why, like, I hated the fact that solo didn't do well because I thought it was a fun movie. And then it on top of that, yeah. yeah. yeah and, and then on top oh of that, God. it had cool characters that I would like to see like fleshed out a little bit more if they could have did a more in the story. Uh, so yeah, um, that's it. That that's my two. Warwick Davis playing as himself from uh, the Phantom Menace movie, and the Mark Hamill, uh, a voice cameo by Mark Hamill to voice Darth Bane, one yeah. of my favorite guys in the yeah, Legends one, part of the story. Yeah, that one. That one is was really nice when I found out that he was the one voicing it because I wasn't paying attention at the beginning, like to who was voicing who. But like the second time watching it, I was like. That voice is familiar. That voice is Mark Hamill. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to start off with the news. We only have like two pieces of news. Um, we'll start off with EA is developing a new Star Wars game because uh, they plan to double down on the uh, IP. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a smart move. Uh, we, we give EA a lot of crap and, and deservedly so. They deserved a lot of the crap that they were getting, not just for Star Wars, but for other games they put out. The yeah. way they were trying to make money and everything else kind of like rub people the wrong way. But I think EA has yeah. actually done super well. Like I think they started an improvement with Battlefront 2 because you got that little bit of a story. And it wasn't just an online player game that they charged mm -hmm. almost full price for and then uh, really didn't give you a whole lot else. I, yeah. I think they started the improvement there but didn't make it all the way. But then you uh, had Fallen Order and now you have – squadrons and i don't think they expected squadrons to do as good as it's been doing i think it's been over uh doing over its expectations and on top of that uh fallen order was like real well received by pretty much everybody that played the game uh i actually own it but because my son who is 13 uh hijacks my playstation at all times uh maybe here like thanksgiving or something i think he's going to his mom's possibly for like a week and when that happens Somebody might be able to play a little PlayStation. You know what I'm saying? I might, <laughs> yeah. I might, I might have to jump on there. I did get to play uh, Squadrons. I'm going to tell you right now, Squadrons is super fun. But as an older person, I guess it's because I'm older now. I played that mm -hmm. game for like two hours straight. I put, I didn't feel it until I put the controller down and stopped playing. Um, it started making me a little dizzy because <laughs> my man right here, I like doing barrel rolls. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a neat trick. Also, a callback yeah. from the Phantom Menace. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I didn't fall in love with uh, Squadrons. I I still didn't finish the campaign. I'm probably going to stream it after after this. Um, if we if, like collective of us don't play more games, um, but like with Battlefront Two, I know like there was a lot of issues when it first came out, but they changed that, and and then I felt like they were going towards the right step with um, Jedi Fallen Order. Mm -hmm. There was like a few a few bumps here and there, like they canceled the Bounty Hunter open world game, which I was really excited about because I really want like an open world Star Wars game, like like a Witcher style Bounty Hunter game, because if you know me, you know that I love playing games and it's, it's always a lot of fun. Yeah, but yeah, I am I'm I'm excited for any new Star Wars game. I'm always gonna try new Star Wars games. I mean, and while we're on Star Wars games, uh, I, I'm Danny uh, the Crow, the guy who edits our videos. Uh, he's big in the Kotor, and I like Kotor as well. Haven't played the game in a long time, but like we're seriously uh, considering uh, playing Kotor uh, on Twitch, like doing the story over again. 
for people yeah. that want to enjoy it. It's one of those games. Just make there's sure. A- yeah, because because streaming it can be a hassle because it's an older game. Just make sure you turn off the VSync because it will it will stop at a certain time and it won't let you move until you turn off the VSync and you have to okay. restart it. And I and I did that like a couple of times and I had to restart the game until I figured out what was happening. But the thing about that is there's been a couple of different series and games that I could like, I don't have to play. Like I could literally watch someone play and still get enjoyment out of it. Uh, a couple of those games is me watching uh, my son play The Last of Us. Uh, but back in the day, it was uh, back in the day, it was Resident Evil. Uh, yeah. I could watch someone play Silent Hill even back then. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, uh, like game like a game like Kotor with the really cool Star Wars story and stuff. Like I could actually sit back and enjoy someone playing the game. I don't have to actually be interacting in it, which is uh, yeah, pretty cool. So, and that's what me and Danny's thinking about doing uh, here pretty soon to let people uh, get mo- more into the legends into the Kotor era of Star Wars, which I thought yeah. would be pretty. Well, fun. it's it's a great game. It's one of it's one of my favorites. That's for sure. Um, the other news that we have is uh, Ron Howard was on a, uh, a podcast called Lights, Camera, Barstool, and he said that growing fan support for Solo bodes well for the future. Um, I'm really excited about this one because I do love Solo, um, and I really want to know more about Kira and Crimson Dawn. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily care if they follow Solo. Um, I just want to know what happens next in the chapter because... Because we've talked about um, uh, Dr. Evazan and we saw that he was scared of Kira Mm -hmm. because uh, after she took out um, uh, Dryden Voss. So I really, I really want to know like what happened after because that like I, I was like hella curious after the movie was done. When the movie was done, I just turned to my friend and I'm like, I want to know more about her. Like I named one of my dogs. Kira, but she lives with yeah. her dad, not her mom. So it's definitely she's definitely one of one of my favorite female characters, and I really want to see more of her. Um, what do you think about? Well, yeah, I I think I've told this story before, but I went. It, it was after the Last Jedi. There was some, you know, you know, you kind of like doubting this and that because of all the things that you're hearing. You're, you're letting these outside sources start to affect like what you think. Yeah. I do think that's a big problem now in Star Wars is a lot of people's letting uh, certain channels or, 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 or people just screaming and hollering on Twitter or whatever, whatever kind of service you're on, uh, kind of affect their even feeling about Star Wars. And I kind of had to sit back and go like, nah, man, this ain't cool. Cause me and my friend was there and we watched the movie and we were a little worried there at the very beginning when the big worm comes out and like, I'm like, I don't know if I love this real quick. And then like, but right after that, when they get into the chase and they start getting into the meat of the movie, they got better and better and better. And me and my friend, instead of looking at each other nervously sitting there watching it, we actually got more and more excited as the movie went on to the point to where when we saw what happened at the end and we went outside to our vehicles to leave, we stood outside and it was like uh, during the winter time, it was uh, super cold outside and we were like freezing, like having our hands in the pockets and stuff and our mouths were, you know, like just chattering. And, but mm-hmm. we stood out there for an hour talking about the possibilities of what this could have done. Like if, if this moved on to another chapter and one of the biggest things we said was like, man, they could even move the movie, not just to be a solo movie. Like you said, it could be more of a Kira and Maul interaction about what they're yeah. doing. And yeah. Solo kind of being the uh, almost like second part of the story that's on the side where maybe he's doing that job for uh, Job of the Hut that like he fails at, which gets yeah. the bounty on him. Right. Mm-hmm. So like I was like, man, dude, this guy's possibilities. This 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 is a good it, setup. It definitely does because you can think about it and it could definitely link, link, link into what we see from Maul in Rebels. Because mm-hmm. yeah. like, how did he get on that planet? Why was he, um, you know, um, imprisoned there or stuck there or whatever? Like we don't know that yet. Right, and and that's one of the things that like we, me and my friend had discussed after watching the movie. Like we really, we ended up super enjoying the movie as we seen it, and we felt bad because we knew a lot of fans wasn't going to watch it because of their preconceived notions from what yeah. they were hearing online. Yeah, definitely. And things like that. And like, I'm always going to tell people, never let that affect you, not just in Star Wars, but in any other thing. 
You know, don't let people saying that this movie isn't any good just because they want to shout out their yeah. rhetoric, like out there affect what you do. It's kind of like what's going on right now. Like say with like uh, voting for the president, like don't let the polls or any of that affect you going out and doing your voice and, and voting for what you believe in, whether no matter who cares, what about it? Like nobody cares who you voted for or anything like that. But like just the same thing, don't let those things like change your mind. Don't let those things affect you and don't let those things stop you from going in because you may have could have went and seen solo at the movie theater and got like even a better experience than maybe if you waited to watch it when it finally came on Disney plus and stuff like that. Don't let others uh, affect your love for something. Uh, we're all not going to like everything and, and that kind of stuff. So like, let's, let's do the deal. Yeah. Um, we spent like quite a little time on this one. Uh, I just saw your message. I wasn't going, I was not about to go into like serious stuff. I was just trying okay. to really <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, so we'll start off the show. We always do the two unknown characters or characters not mentioned a lot or, you know, people that don't know anything about them. So the first one we have is Ramus, Ramus Antilles. Um, he was a human. His home world is Ultra, uh, Ultron. And he was played by three people in, in different movies. He was Peter Giddis in A New Hope. Uh, Rohan Nickel in Revenge of the Sith and Tim Beckman in Rogue One. Um, during his time in service of House Argana, he captained the CR-90 Corvette, which was a Tantive 3 and Tantive 4. Um, he was killed in action during secret mission Tatooine while trying to protect Princess Leia from being captured by Darth Vader. He was one of Princess Leia's... He, he was the one who gave Princess Leia the Death Star plans at the end of Rogue One. After, yeah, hey, Bedor, um, the though. Battle of Scarif. Bedor, I'm pretty proud of something because I think I did something right, and it relates oh, yeah, to something you, you just said. Here we go, baby. Oh, yeah. look at him. That's him. Yeah. That's, That's him, him in the famous chokehold whenever Vader, first movie, Star Wars, A New Hope, man, when you're just getting to know Star Wars, and this guy. He actually, he's one of the few people that got choked by Vader without using the, he wasn't even using the force. He just choked him like a I mean, man. He, he choked him with his bare hands. Well, maybe, but I'm just saying he, he's got him a grip on him on that throat. Most of the time, he didn't even touch people. He just choked them without touching them. So, yeah. So to find out how we got to where he is, um, there's a story in the, the book from a certain point of view called Ramus, which is his name, and it's written by Gary Witta. <laughs> Pre social distancing chokehold. That's yeah. right. That's before they had to implement the six feet apart. That's when Vader started choking people without touching them. Yeah, he was ahead of his time. That's for sure. Um, so the story starts by recapping like the events of Battle Scarif, not just like not in detail, but they're just talking about um, losing people to get the, the 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 plans, but they didn't know what it was. They just knew that they had something that was important that they had to give to the rebellion. Mentioning um, how the Tan TV four was not in good shape. Um, to fight to put a fight up against the empire after they had plans um after they got the plans for uh, for the death star uh princess leia thought uh with their diplomatic community the empire would not board their ship but the empire issued priority red which means that they would board any ship that looked like the tanty before um another crew member was rattled trying to dis describe uh, what he saw escaping from uh, from the profundity with profundity, which was uh, the ship the Tanti V4 was docked in during the Battle of Scarif. Um, he was describing the de like uh, a death angel that kept coming on blasters blasters what were not no effect on him. He was talking about Darth Vader and Princess Leia and, and um, Antilles knew knew that, but they uh, and they thought that this was like the worst situation to be put in. Um, he wanted, uh, Ramus wanted to write, um, a letter to his wife and daughters, but didn't know how or, uh, how he wanted to say what he wanted to. He knew what he wanted to, but he didn't know how to say it. Uh, the TV 4 dropped out of light speed and was now exposed to any Empire ships looking for it. Um, he did not end up writing the letter. They got a, they, after they got up the light speed, um, they were a quarter parsec away from Tatooine, which was their desired destination. 
they had eight minutes before they could reach the uh, start. Uh, reach, uh, they had eight minutes before they reached Tatooine, but the Star Destroyer found them and started firing on them. Uh, they locked them in and pulled them in with a tractor beam. Ramus wanted to find Princess Leia, but to, to get her to the escape pod uh, and get her to safety. Um, he found her with an R2 unit, and he pleaded with her to get on an escape pod, but she said she wouldn't. He knew that there was no arguing with her about that anymore. Wondering what um, the plans uh, they got from Scaras, she said, leave it up to me. So she had a plan, and Ramus... Um, Ramus just left it up to her to uh, to figure to to execute her plan. So he just gave her, she he just wanted to give her as much time as as possible. Um, she said she was grateful for him and everything that he has done, uh, knowing that this was the last time they would see each other. Um, he was then attacked by three Imperial troopers and knocked out with a rifle to his head, and they took him to Darth Vader. Now hmm. we get to the point where we see in A New Hope, um, when Ramus asks, uh, when Darth Vader asks, where are the transmissions you intercepted, and what have you done with those plans? That's exactly that moment. That's it, baby. That's when my man Vader took care of this piece of trash. You know, I'm sorry. I'm just a little dark side today because something happened earlier today. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, replying to Darth Vader, again, as we see in the movie, he says, they received nothing, and this was a consular ship on a diplomatic mission. Then Vader asked for the ambassador and chokes Raymond Santelius to his death. But his last thought was, while he was dying, was hope. That was a story. Sorry I read it too fast. <laughs> Nah, I mean, uh, you know, it's one of those things like, yeah, like you, you put together like really good and detailed notes about these characters and stuff like that. that that's pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, than what you do. A little bit. I mean, because, yeah, I, I, I go at it a little bit. But here. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to go um, into Legends now or do you have something no, else? No, no, I, I, I do. Um, okay. So some behind the scenes stuff. Um Ramus Antilles, the one we see, was actually supposed to be Wedge Antilles, because we see Ramus Antilles in Revenge of the Sith at the end. Right. Um, he was supposed to wipe the droids' minds uh, with for R2 and C-3PO. It was supposed to be Wedge Antilles, but Dennis Lawson turned down George Lucas's offer. Um, and another common mistake that people make is when C-3PO mentions their last master was Captain Antilles, uh, people always thought that it was Wedge, and, but in fact it was Ramus Antilles. Or that Wedge and Ramus are related, and they're not. So that's all I mm -hmm. uh, and, and one of the reasons why, like, uh, he he's brought up is because, like, we, we actually did these two characters sort of a little bit based on the, the first episode of Mandalorian, especially the second character we're going to talk about. Because, you know, this is the guy who, in, you know, in the uh, prequels, this is the gentleman that is given the task of actually wiping C-3PO's uh, mind and erasing it. Like he's the one uh, Organa gives him C-3PO and R2-D2, tells him to clean them up, and then he erased C-3PO's mind. That's why C-3PO can't really speak about like the things that he saw during the prequels whenever we get to the original tril trilogy. And and this Antilles, Ramus Antilles, is the guy who does that. <clears throat> in Legends, now, these two characters, not going to lie to you, my stuff's going to be quick and fast because it's not a huge amount of things about these two guys. There's a little bit of a backstory, a little bit about where they came from. Some of it's even the same as what she just went over, to be honest with you, uh, as far as like the contacts and who they were with. A lot of a lot of stuff didn't change uh, in Legends. Uh, he was from the planet Alderaan. Uh, that, that's obviously considered a core, uh, core world. He learned how to fly, became a pilot. Uh under uh, Captain Colton, and he piloted a thing called the Sundered Heart. Uh, he also became commander of the Tanti Four, um, and that I wanted to grab really quick. That's the Tanti Four. That's the big ship that Vader comes in on the very beginning of the New Hope. It's also the ship that she was related to with Ramus Antilles and the regular cannon. That's the thing that he commanded. So that's actually a pretty big deal that he became a commander of such a big ship uh, in in the fleet. Uh, he played a small role. Uh, in the Dark Lord, the Rise of Vader, 
Uh, and that takes place right after Revenge of the Sith. So it's actually like a little story about Vader. It's not canon now, but it was canon for a little while where there's a story about where Vader, right after Revenge of the Sith, after he becomes Vader, after uh, Vader's brand new, like just got his suit on, going and doing a couple of things. He plays a small role in that. Uh, he also is in a small book, The Last Jedi, Masters of Deception. And and in, in that book, uh, The Fall of Vader, or, or no, there's another book called The Rise and Fall of Vader. He appears in flashbacks. So like Vader actually remembers doing things to him and stuff in that novel. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not a huge amount of stuff on that guy uh, from Legends just because of the fact that most of his story does take place in the canon era of Star Wars. And even though he played a character, it's interesting that he was the commander of the Tanti Four and, and those kind of things. Uh, it's not like he's this big, huge character that they wrote books about. They didn't go and write a book about Ramus until he's. He was just kind of there and hanging out uh, with the crew and stuff here and there. I like to say he's commander in one of the bigger ships. So if there's any stories about that uh, in that era, like he, he would play a small role. Like he might have like one speaking line in a book or something like that. But yeah, like I said earlier, though, he is the guy that Bellargana comes up to and, and says, hey, clean these two droids and make sure you wipe C-3PO's mind. So that sounded kind of cool. Like he's the actual character that is involved in that situation, which is a big situation in the story. Like you had to have that happen so that it would make sense when it went to the original trilogy from the prequels. Yeah. Well, um, going straight into it, speaking of droids, our next character is actually someone we've seen very recently in the latest episode of The Mandalorian, and it's none other than Mr. R5-D4. So... Um, he is actually the, he is an astromech droid. His color is white, red, and a little bit of blue. His first appearance is Star Wars A New Hope. Um, with the, with his appearance in the Mandalorian, uh, season two premiere, the interest in this race has risen a bit. And it was like a nice Easter egg for fans. Cause when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's the droid that was supposed to be um, sold to Mars. And my friend was like, is it? I'm like, uh, I think so. And he made me question myself, but no, it is. <laughs> well, real quick, this is why I'm not in the movie trivia showdown. Maybe one day, maybe one day I can train my brain to work the right way. But when I first saw the Mandalorian thing, my first thought was like, oh, cool. Because they are, do have similar colors. I was like, oh, cool. That's a droid. That Obi Wan used in the prequels, whenever like, and then no, I was wrong. It turns out that it's the droid from A New Hope, like you just said. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, because the droid that uh, Obi Wan has is, actually looks like R two, but is red. Mm hmm. Um. So that's that's a difference. A little little Star Wars orange. Um. Anyways, uh. So he has a story in in the book from a certain point of view. I know that a lot of our shows. Um, have had stories from uh, the from the book a certain point of view, but uh, it's it's a very like core book to to have. It's it's a very interesting. A lot of short stories in it. Most of them are like ten pages long, mm -hmm. um, back and forth. So um, it, it's really nice to have. Like they focus on characters here and there and try to connect everything. And I really enjoyed this one. It's called the Red One. Uh, the story talks about his encounter with R2-D2 and his uh, quote-unquote bad motivator. Mm -hmm. uh, the story starts off by saying R5-D4 was in the Jawa sand crawler for four years. Um, and he all he wanted to be, to be was sold. Uh, the Jawas cleaned him up to, to be sold the next day. He wanted... He wanted to save his energy, so by the time he woke up, the Jawas found another astromech droid. Apparently, the first thing the new astromech droid did was threaten the Jawas with death. Now, we all know a little sassy droid like that, don't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably my uh, favorite droid out of the whole thing. My favorite droid as well. Um, R5 tried to power down again, only to be woken up by R2-D2 trying to sabotage him. They exchanged words with R2 telling R5 that he was on an important mission and that's why he was sabotaging his competition. Uh, that the rebellion needed R5's help. R5 didn't believe R2 and told him if he didn't get sold, he would uh, he would cease to exist. R5, uh, R2 replied, um, if he doesn't find his master, then the galaxy is doomed. 
R2 promised he wouldn't sabotage him again, but R5 still didn't trust him, so he stayed powered up all night. The next day comes, and we see the, the starting events of, the, of A New Hope, um, with R5 couldn't, could hardly believe that he was chosen uh, to be sold by Owen Lars because he skipped on R2. Um, however, feeling sorry for R2, he assured him he'll find a master. R2 told him there was no time and the galaxy was doomed as R5 moved towards Luke to get clean. R5, uh, R2 used the same message that Princess Leia did uh, for Obi-Wan and he said, Help me, R5. You're my only hope. At that moment, feeling uneasy inside, R5 believed what R2 was saying um, and I, R5 managed to survive to divert all his power within himself to sabotage his motivator, making it so Luke and Owen choose R2-D2 instead. As R2-D2 walks away, he says, Thank you, friend. You have saved, You may have saved the galaxy today, and I, I will never forget you. Um, nice. After that, after that, the stormtrooper interrogated the and killed the Jawas. R5 was still pretending to be dead. Um after he was after he was sure the stormtroopers are gone, he felt relieved that R2 wasn't lying to him. He left the sandcrawler with hope uh, he'll find a new master now that he's away from the Jawas. And that was his story. And I love that both of these stories end with hope, um, even though their journey was not really the easiest one. That's yeah. What I have yeah, I mean, like, um, like you just said, like we just talked about a guy who got choked to death by Vader. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which, and his last and his last thought was hope. I mean, one of the coolest things about this episode so far is that literally, I never really cared about who that guy was that got choked by Vader. To be honest with you, mm -hmm. didn't care about him. I just love the fact he got choked and it was by Vader. But now to know that guy's name, to know it was Ramus Antilles who got choked by Vader, and to now find out that R five P four is damaged himself. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't a fluke like we see in the movie. It was actually him doing that to himself, sacrificing himself basically for the galaxy. That's yeah. pretty damn cool. Like that's pretty awesome. Like uh yeah. before we started this, I was it, it would have probably been a little bit longer before I ever I eventually would have got it, but like certain point of view, like that book, like man, I really want that book. Just like I actually bought because it was super cheap. Uh, yeah. The Tales of the Cantina Literally because, right yeah, but the Tales of the Cantina um, uh, book uh, and Ken Knapsack's book. I got to get that one. I know you got mm -hmm. that one with your personal message in it and everything trying to one up people, but that's cool. But uh, yeah, hey, do you want me to want me to one up you again? The uh, Tales of the I Cantina. Just, no, I just got a message from Ken. Wow. 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 <laughs> Where's my Ken? Where's my Ken Knapsack? Hey. All right, but but the thing is, I was like the tales of the cantina was really the same thing, but done like in the legends model before Disney got it. So it's kind of cool they went back and made a book that was basically sort of the same kind of way. There's different stories, obviously, that fits yeah. the canon nowadays, but like not nah, it's the same kind of style book, which is pretty cool. And I, I like the stories that I've read, even in the old legends. I'm going to tell you, people, don't shut out legends because it says legends and it's technically not canon, because there's things that you're going to get. Uh, from reading those that you never would have got if it wasn't for reading those. And they do come into play sometimes, even in the new stuff, because yep. they, they take things from that and use that to make the new stories. Uh, R5-D4, um, also kind of like with uh, Ramus Attilis, there's not a huge amount in Legends about R5-D4, because, I mean, the guy technically started out in A New Hope as a droid who malfunctioned so that R2-D2 could be, you know, become best friends with Luke Skywalker. Uh but uh, he is in a thing called the Spare Parts Adventure Journal. Uh, after his failure to be sold to Lars in Legends, this is kind of the story that's a little bit different from hers. Uh, after his failure to be sold to Lars, he was stolen by a squib trader, uh, Mace Million Wendurit, then was sold uh, to Yoron Nal, Rebel Alliance historian. Uh, he had a valuable debt to the Alliance until the Battle of Endor. So he was actually like he he was he actually got uh, transferred to an historian who was giving him a lot of information. And then R5 became a person that gave them a lot of information they needed and even was helping the rebellion through like the Battle of Endor. Uh, he can be found in a couple of minor instances, including the uh, Star Wars Squadron Rogue Leader and Rogue Squadron 3 Rebel Strike. 
So like he was actually an astromech that appeared in like what a lot of people call like the, the Rogue Squadron series of books back in uh, Legends. But like I said, like he's 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 not R two D two. R two D two is a droid they write books about, sing songs about maybe. But R five never was proclaimed to be that big of a droid. So there's not a lot of stories about the guy. But you know what? He deserves a story that he got in a certain point of view. Because, like I said, everybody always thought that, oh, that was just that crappy droid that fell apart so yeah. R2-D2 could get uh, picked. And come to find out, nah man, nah, man, he did his part for the Rebellion. Like, he he, he sacrificed yeah. possibly being with one of the coolest Jedis of all time so that R2-D2 could go and do his thing and save Princess Leia. So, I yeah. give the R5-P4 R5 is a pretty awesome. I mean, and, and the reason why we're doing this, like I said earlier, is because... Uh, he shows up. If I'm not mistaken, I got this picture from like the little spot uh, from like, um, you know, the, the Mandalorian when he kind of like rolls out a little bit and you see him. Uh, that's that's why we're doing this because he's part of the Mandalorian. One thing real quick about R5, uh, the Astromech is using a game that I play that I relate to a couple of times here. Uh, X-Wing. And here's a card. The. Uh, that they use that's supposed to symbolize like those kind of droids and stuff like that, that you can play in the game and they do special abilities. Yeah. Um, something that connects to what you said about R5, uh, D4. Well, I said P4 or something. Did I say P4? Yeah. It's D4. Yeah, it's R5 D4. Godly. Yeah. See, that's why. Because <laughs> I, if I was in the movie trivia showdown, exactly what would happen. I would be like, oh yeah, I would know exactly who I was talking about and still get it wrong. So I didn't screw up something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you said like he was sold to, to a, like a scholar and he was giving information to the rebellion. So in, in, in this book, in, in the canon one, he, his memory was erased like four years ago. And, um, every time, um, R2-D2 mentioned the rebellion, something in him like felt, felt something, but he wasn't sure what it was. So I I want to see like something about him maybe in like another short story because I know they're coming out with a certain point of view part two. Um, nice. Now know, is that going to be based on a New Hope characters or is that going to actually cover one of maybe the other movies? Um, I don't know. Um, because I, I, I think it'd be I, interesting if they pick a group of people from say Empire Strikes Back, maybe the bounty hunters, right? It's it's called it's called from a certain point of view the Empire Strikes Back. Okay, cool. So, like, maybe they'll do the bounty um, hunters. We get to see, like, yeah, Dengar. Yeah, it's, it's going and to be released in five days. Nice. Yeah. That's actually it's, pretty cool. Yeah, it's on my shopping list. Uh, I can't I can't wait for it. Man, the stories um, of IG-88, Dengar, uh, Bosk, uh, yeah. Bubba Fett, like, all these, like, things that uh, they had there to try to capture Han Solo. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all, like... I know a lot of our stories have been from people from uh, A New Hope and hasn't been meant that way, but we'll try to change it up. Uh, hopefully, we'll get the new book, and I can't I can't wait to dive into it because literally every single story that I've read so far in, in from a certain point of view has been amazing. Yeah. Like, and they're, they're short. They're sweet. They're like bedtime stories for kids. Mm -hmm. Like if, if, if your kid is like interested in, in Star Wars and you want to read something to Star Wars and you don't want like the kitty thing and they don't want the kitty thing, um, get this book. This book is amazing. I know. Yeah, I'm like, that and you know, pay me Disney. Yeah, well, the te te uh, tales of the Cantina legends wise is even more of an adult version. You know, yeah. Disney's kind of keeping it more like uh, around the PG level, where there's some stories and some jokes and stuff that happens in Tales of the Cantina. <laughs> that <laughs> you know, one of them. I'm not bringing it up. I'm not bringing it up, but I'm saying you know one of them because I joked around with you about it. But like. They have more, it's more adult. So like, if you like the more adult stuff, it's cool to go back and find some of these characters. Yeah. As you see, as we talk about them, there's a lot of it that it's the same thing or really close, just a little different, like minor character differences or something like that. A lot of these stories, they are picking from their uh, like original trilogy stuff, but even as far as legends go and some of those books are taking some of that stuff and implementing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's always um, fun. To, to learn new stuff about new characters and all of that, because you don't really pay attention to to all of these minor characters, and which is something that I wanted to do. I remember like the very first day that we, I said yes, and you were like, not you, um, Shook was like, okay, come in voice chat, let's all talk together. And um, I was like, I really want to do this. And I really want to focus, like I really want to do a show and just focus on the minor characters of Star Wars. Yeah, and uh 
not going to lie because we are watching the Mandalorian and we're, you know, I hope a lot of these people saw uh, our uh, kind of review of the episode one, but as these episodes come out, not going to lie, we're probably going to base a lot of the things that we go over with in this show off of that, right? Like your idea was because you saw uh, R5 D4. <laughs> Got it right, baby. R5 yeah, we, D4. Yeah, we, did, we didn't yeah, mention he, it in, in the last mm -hmm. episode for the Mandalorian recap. We said we're going to talk about him, and here we are talking about him because we keep yeah, the word. But so, like, right now, a lot of our choices may be, you know, based on what we see in the new Mandalorian episode, which is what uh, tomorrow night, because it comes out on Friday, correct? So it'll be yes. tomorrow night, technically, which is Thursday, our time, but at midnight, two o'clock in the morning, my time on Thursday. So you better believe I'm going to be watching it. Yeah. Are we going to watch it together? We can. I'll be up. I can't. I'm actually off that Friday. So like, yeah, I'm going to be uh, up at two o'clock in the morning. Me, me and Ferris watched the first episode and it was really cool yeah. watching it with Ferris and having our comments and stuff. Yeah. I'm gonna Ferris, tell you. You're invited to that one as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm I kind of, I kind of want to like do it on Twitch at one point, maybe like the finale or something. Just watch it on Twitch, like, yeah, you know, us I, watch it, but our yeah. reaction. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, I was just amazed at how good, like, the crate dragon was. It was really like it. I would have expected that good uh, of, of cinematography and stuff like that based on a movie. Like, if a crate dragon was in a movie, a big budget Star Wars movie. I don't know if I got to ask for anything better. I mean, like the when he's coming out of the mountain and stuff like that is just pretty awesome, and I love it. So, if y'all got any questions out there, because we got a few minutes, uh, I was literally to, just typing that. Yeah, I already typed it into there as well. Like, if you got any questions or anything, anything you want to ask about these two characters that we talked about, uh, any of that well, kind of got, stuff, go ahead. We got a um, a question from Cal, from our buddy Cal. Do you think the Mandalorian will wield a lightsaber by the end of the season? Nope. Nope. I, well, it's according on how you look at the dark saber. I don't consider the dark saber as a lightsaber, but there I will say this: there's a possibility for him to wield the dark saber at some point. I I don't I like wield it as in have it and have power with it. I don't think so. Hold it, maybe. Like take it from from uh, Moff Gideon, mm -hmm. possibly. But so, I, don't, so, I do not think he will wield it and fight with it and use it. No. I some people no. will consider the Darksaber as a lightsaber. So if you do, then I think saber. it will. Yeah. So, I mean, so, like, I don't because it doesn't have the normal glow. I, I To me, like, when I see it. It does, like, though. It just looks like a blade. Yeah. I don't know. It's. To me, it that's, doesn't that's what makes it unique, and that's why the Mandalorians wanted it. That's what right. makes it I, unique. I've always looked at it as being like a super old school lightsaber, like before they actually got like the, the ones that we see and everybody's seen since the beginning of Star Wars. But yeah, I don't consider it, to, it just doesn't recognize to me off right off the bat as a as a lightsaber. So, but if you do consider it, and like I said, uh Bedora obviously considers a lightsaber, then there's a possibility then because I do see him. Like in a fight with Gideon I mean, and I've, taking I've, it from him. I would ask you this. Do you think Ezra's lightsaber is a lightsaber? Yeah, because it still has like, even though it does have like the new technology where it could be used as a gun as well as a lightsaber, the lightsaber part of the actual weapon is still like even the Inquisit the uh the Inquisitor's lightsaber, like uh the grand inquisitor that's involved in rebels like even though his spins around and stuff like that like i consider it a lightsaber because of just the way the blade looks like it's really just the blade just part of it man it's just because like the lightsaber yeah, it glows it's got a glow like and i know technically this one does it glows a little bit the the black one it, it does the dark saber it, it is what it is though it's one of those it, things it, look look at it again it glows the glow is on the outside it's white mm-hmm yeah, and it vibrates really super fast, like uh, uh, kind of like the knives, the, the vibranium or whatever they use, like with their knives. Like if you see in the first uh, season of Mandalorian, uh, the one blade when that one guy goes to cut vibranium? him. I think it's called vibranium. But the, the blade actually vibrates like really super fast unless it cut like into stuff more than what it normally would be able to. Mm. You remember in the first season of Mandalorian whenever uh, they get in like the scuffle? You got the two Mandalorians, Mando himself, and, and like the other guy gets in a fight, yeah. and the one guy pulls yeah. out the small blade and goes to stab him, but he stops it, and you can hear it making the noise. 
that's it vibrating very, 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 very fast. So it helps it cut through stuff. I'm I'm really bad. Like I'm not gonna lie, I'm really bad with like technologies and um and the, well here, baby, we got yes. what we call you Uncle know the Google, Google machine. When you say vibrating, I just think um MCU. Yeah, exactly, Ferris. <laughs> Act yep. Yeah. Uh what the uh, probably right. Let's go right here. It's the um Oh, we're going deep dives right here. Oh, that that's why because it's so similar. Okay, so they're called vibroblades. Instead of vibranium, the MCU and Star Wars mixed together there. It's they're vibroblades, is what they're called. But it's even like so everything that does that is called like a vibro weapon because like even the axes and stuff that you see, uh the, the axes and everything uh, that you saw in the uh, that episode one that we just watched, where they're like fighting it together inside the like wrestling ring, whenever Mando first shows up, like that whole sequence right there, those axes that they use are called vibro weapons as well. But they mm -hmm. the blades on those things shake really fast and they can cut through stuff pretty quick. Yep, we got another question from Cal: Who wins in a fight, New Hope crew or Force Awakens? So when you say New Hope crew, you mean Luke, Han, and Leia, and Force Awakens is Ray, Finn, Poe. Hmm. Right? I, I'm just I'm just clarifying. Okay. Yeah, I, I think um, I think that's what it is. Okay, then I would say um, Luke, Han, Leia, easy. I'm not gonna lie, man. It's I may go Force Awakens. Really? Because. When I watched the original trilogy, now I've always liked Leia. I've always liked Chewbacca. Okay. But when I watched the original trilogy, the good guys just didn't do it for me. I mean, that's why I'm a big Vader and Emperor fan. I love the way the stormtroopers looked. I love the TIE fighters better than the X-Wings and all that. But I have mentioned to a friend before that if I was a kid, right, and I watched uh, the sequel trilogy, the characters of like Ray, Finn, Poe, and those put together, I would probably have uh, liked them as a group better than, say, the First Order. So if I look at it that way, uh, in a weird way, I probably would go the, uh, for yeah, the Force Awakens crew. And technically, I could claim that the Force Awakens crew still has an older Leia, an older Han, <laughs> because they're Yeah, still but we're the saying these, like, three characters from each side. We're not saying all of them. Cause I think, cause if we're gonna if we're gonna put like older Leia, older or older Luke, um, they're obviously more skilled in the Force than they were to begin with. Cause uh, Leia Leia was uh, in tune with the Force, but she's more like she more felt it than used it. Uh, Luke used it uh, a lot. Um, Finn is Force sensitive. He doesn't really know much about the Force mm -hmm. yet. Uh, Ray is pretty new. I would like putting uh, Poe and Han neck and neck. Um, I would say Han wins that one um, just because like he is like one of the greatest bounty hunters, like greatest pilots and all of that of his time. Um, still considered still considered like a great pilot. I'll, you know what? Like if you're going to put him in a fight, if we're doing a wrestling ring style, like whoever – Triple threat match here. Oh, then I would. Is gonna take out all of them, all three the, of them, the, and the, Luke the, and Leia is just gonna sip martinis. Yeah, up the if end. we're looking, yeah, if we're looking at it as a fight kind of thing, then I would say I agree with you. Then it would be the original characters. But if it was like uh, likability at the time, I think, like I said, I just had this feeling, and I told my friend, like, I have a feeling I would have grew up liking the good guys more if I would have grew up with the sequel trilogy, because those three characters yeah. to me. Just for overall, I, for whatever reason it is, it hit me different. I really like Ray. I really like Ray. I like mm -hmm. Ray as I, a, I a younger her, yeah. Jedi than I did Luke when he was a younger Jedi. Yeah. Like, matter of fact, my favorite Luke is the Luke of the Last Jedi. I don't know how many people get mad about that, but that was my favorite Luke of all time. I think Mark Hamill acted the best he ever acted in anything I've ever seen him in in The Last Jedi. And I really felt like I connected to the character, like that this guy. 
you know, had bad things happen to him, even though he was a great guy. Like he had bad things. He fell a little bit, but he was willing to able to do what he had to do to save the galaxy, man. Like that's still pretty cool. Like to me, I related to him more than I did in the original trilogy. So anybody else got any questions out there? We've got five minutes to spare. That's right. Cause we try and make that tight hour, baby. We, hey, we actually going to do it this time. We, we might do it unless somebody comes up with a crazy question that gets me talking I mean, about. 30. I mean, we've we've been pretty good about it. I know, I know, we spent like twenty minutes on the news, so it was just like speeding through <laughs> the, the, the story. Man, I'm kind of super psyched uh, about the solo. That gives you, you know, what that gives you hope that maybe like people are trying trying to turn around and people are seeing kind yeah, of the error of their I've ways seen and a lot like my. My timeline is like a lot of my friends, but it's also a lot of Star Wars because I follow a lot of Star Wars people. And I see a lot of Make Solo 2 happen. And I'm every time I see it, I get really excited and I retweet it or like comment on it. And it's just like, yes, please make it happen. Kaluga Gala, what happens at Wells Fargo? Let me tell you something. I'll just, I'm just going to relate it to Star Wars. If Wells Fargo was, say, Alderaan, I'm gonna I would have I, I been the Death Star. You know what I'm saying? So Wells Fargo is Alderaan. I'm the Death Star, and I hit the button. I don't ask questions. I don't even care if there's refugees there or not. I just hit the button, aim the woo, whatever that noise was to do when he pulls down the lever, and I blow the hell out of Alderaan, a.k.a. Wells Fargo. I blow it out the water. That's yeah, what I have no idea what you guys are talking about, but that is the end of our show. Thanks guys so much for watching. And if you guys have any requests for like um, characters, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. For characters, uh, let me know. DM me. Um, my DMs do, are open, but do not get creepy. Yeah, <laughs> and, don't be, don't um, slide into them. Walk in there politely. Knock on the door knock, a little bit before. Knock yeah, on Knock the on the door. door. Uh, yeah. Do you have a solid choice for uh, next week's episode, or are we going to watch this uh, next episode of The Mandalorian and make our choice afterwards? Uh, I I do have options for next week. Okay. Yeah, but you're keeping them open. Hey, I agree. I agree. You never know. With all this stuff happening in The Mandalorian, I I do agree with you. I hope they don't keep doing like it, doing it just to do it. But like, here small little things that calls back to things that's happened before would be super cool. So yeah, for sure. Uh, this is what I'm re- really excited about for Mandalorian. I hope I really hope that they don't turn it into like, oh, that's an Easter egg because that will take me out of the whole thing. Oh, wait one second because he's one of our biggest backers. He's not only part of the team, but he's one of our biggest backers as well. We got to hit this real quick, and we got a couple All minutes. Right. And a droid battle roll. Who will be your rep in the fight? RCD two. Nah, man. Mm-mm. I'm going Legends. Uh, we we know him in the canon. But I'm going Legends, man. IG-88 is like a better version of IG-11. Hmm. Or even HK-47. But IG-88, listen. The dude I mean, replicated look, wait, himself. wait, wait. So we were talking about full-on fights? Yeah, he said Battle Royal. Okay. So, like, if you had a character you could pick to be your character on Fortnite, and I had a character I could pick for Fortnite, you say an R2-D2. And I, dude, hey, he might do some trickery. Yeah, I mean, he he knows his stuff, but I I I can agree with IG eighty eight as well. I mean, he's IG eighty eight for a reason. Yeah, IG eighty eight replicated himself. There was multiple A B C D E F G H I J K element of P IG eighty eights out there, and the guy literally like programmed himself into the Death Star behind the Emperor's back and actually tried to take over. The Emperor stopped him. That's in a legend story, by the way. Yeah. But that's it. Let's roll it. Sorry. But I had to answer Ferris's question. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for watching. We'll see you on Friday. This time we're doing our show on Friday after our um let's get ready to talk short on podcast. We're done do we're gonna do the um, We're gonna do it after or we're gonna do it before it. I thought it was after. I mean I'm not I'm not sure. We'll we'll figure out the time exactly, but it's going to be on Friday instead of Saturday because there's a lot of shows on Saturday. Yeah, everybody was doing. Pick, it. <laughs> yeah, it was like literally like uh, I I know Justin was like I was too busy like 
writing, but I know Justin was like, he was watching one show and then another and then another and then ours. So we're going to move ours to Friday and hope to see you then for both two shows back to back. Uh, whether the recap is first or second, we'll find out. Uh, but thank you guys for watching and we'll see you next time. Yeah, thank you Bye. guys. Thank you for watching The Holocron, a Let's Get Ready podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the Let's Get Ready channel on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitch.